0: Hey everyone, welcome to my podcast. I'm recording on a new platform, so I really hope that it records and sounds good, but welcome. My name is Lauren, and this is PhD in Self-Hatred. I have not recorded an episode in a hot minute, and today I need someone to talk to, so what better person to talk to than myself? I've been going through so much lately, and I have done a lot of sitting with myself, reflecting on my thoughts, and just processing. And I'm really struggling lately because my life is so up in the air. And lately, I've been feeling like a shell of myself, if I'm being quite honest. You know, I moved to Europe in November, and I had this vision in my mind of what my life would look like. I thought that the time I spent in Spain, because I love Spain so much, would be the best time of my life. I kind of romanticized it, as I tend to do, and envisioned it being this fun, simple getaway. And to be honest, it's been the furthest thing from a relaxing vacation, It has probably been some of the most emotionally challenging and difficult months of my entire life. I realized that I have a tendency to want to escape from things, to run away. And the truth of the matter is that no matter where I go in the world, all of my problems follow me. And there's that saying that, Wherever you go, there you are. And when I'm in Spain, I'm dreaming of being in Italy. And then when I'm in Italy, I'm dreaming of being in Albania. And then when I'm in Albania, I'm dreaming of being in America. And I want to be in all of these different places. And simultaneously, I don't want to be anywhere at all. And it's a really challenging place to be. And in this episode, I want to talk about grieving and goodbyes. Because I have been feeling a lot of grief lately. And so there's a few things going on. And I wanted to announce first and foremost that I will be going back home to New York in two weeks, less than two weeks. Something else I realized about myself is that I am very impulsive, which I knew, but I tend to react impulsively and something I want to work on and maybe if you are also an impulsive person we can try working on this together is to not act on impulse and it's easier said than done but damn I don't know about you I make all these really big rash decisions typically based on short-term feeling And I I had an ex that used to, whenever he would get mad, he'd break up with me. And I used to always tell him, do not make long-term decisions based on short-term emotions. And it's about time I take my own advice because I tend to make big decisions in short time periods based on my mood. And I am a cancer and any water sign can attest to my mood shifts rapidly and frequently and it's not a good idea and i'm going to challenge you and i'm challenging myself to just sit and be with a decision if you have something come to your mind creative inspiration whatever a thought an idea that's wonderful that's beautiful but maybe give it time to marinate let it sink in and give yourself a few days a few weeks a few months to let it process to not just be a decision that you make based on your mind, but also a full body decision. And maybe not even just a decision that you make based on what you're feeling, but also a little bit of logic can go a long way. I'm a very intuitive person. I tend to not be analytical whatsoever. And that's when I wanna challenge myself to be maybe five to 10% more rational about things. but it's all part of the process, where different things come up at different time periods in our life, and they allow us to learn things about ourselves, to grow. And the last four months have been insanely hard. I'm also working on trusting that this is the universe pushing me to develop. (laughs) And it's been great for character development, but I've been so activated, particularly the last couple of weeks now. I moved from Barcelona to Madrid in February. I did this because I really don't like Barcelona so much. I'll be honest with you. I think it's a wonderful place to visit as a tourist. And there's a lot to appreciate about it. And it's beautiful. But for me, it's not aligned. It's not a good fit. And I had to get out of there. Also, I didn't anticipate how much money I was going to be spending, and Barcelona is really expensive to live. And so I got an opportunity to move to Madrid and stay with the family for free food and free accommodation, and Madrid is one of my favorite cities in Spain, and I came here and I left my friends, I left this guy that I really liked, and we'll get into that shortly, And I left the familiarity of Barcelona, where I was taking Spanish lessons every day, and I had just a lot of social interaction. And there were many downsides to Barcelona, for sure, but there were many positives that I can see now in the grand scheme of things. But when we're in the midst of it, we tend to only see the negatives. And so I get here to Madrid, and the first week I got here, I was feeling so blessed and so happy because last February I was in Madrid and I fell in love with the city and I said, it's my biggest dream to live here in one year. And then I was looking out of my window and I realized I manifested moving to Madrid like I had envisioned for myself last year. And it was the best feeling in the world. And I did manifest that even though the circumstances worked out differently than I had envisioned, I made that happen. And so I just felt so expanded and so thankful. And then things kind of took a turn when I realized I don't have as much freedom as I did in Barcelona. I'm not feeling liberated. I am feeling I have no time for myself. I'm feeling smothered based on the family that I'm living with. And I missed my friends. There was so many perks to being here. I've had more time to exercise and do my self-care routines and just be in a different environment. But at the same time, I feel so isolated. And I started appreciating Barcelona a tiny bit more. And sometimes it just takes life shifting things for us, for us to obtain a new perspective, right? And I've been... Dealing with a lot of health issues. So I want to make an entire episode based on interstitial cystitis and the autoimmune condition that I have, but I had gotten surgery in October. My body had a terrible reaction to the medication I was put on and had chronic inflammation, and I developed an autoimmune disease, and I somewhere along the way got extreme adrenal fatigue. And so in the last mm, six weeks, I've gained 15 pounds. (laughs) I'm the heaviest I've ever been in my life. My body is in fight, flight, or freeze mode. So since my body is in survival, it's holding on to everything that I eat, even if I don't eat so much, even if it's healthy. And I've been feeling so horrible about how I look. And I get maybe three hours of sleep a night because my body produces too much cortisol. And I just don't feel good. I feel really off kilter. I feel really unbalanced, imbalanced. And so my health has been a big challenge and I'm trying to deal with this struggle differently than what I would have done in the past, which is to just resort to drastic measures like liposuction and surgery and weight loss pills and all these things, I'm trying to really heal my body from the inside out to return my internal systems back to homeostasis and find that symbiosis and regulate my blood sugar so that my body will do what it's meant to and stabilize itself. But on top of all of that, I have no security or stability in my life. And not being able to predict where I'll be in two months is really, um, it's really unfortunate for me because I grew up in an environment that there was no security. There was no predictability. There was no, none of that. And that's all I've wanted in my whole life. But the unsafety, the feeling of the uncertainty seems to follow me wherever I go And it's very overwhelming. So I've been feeling physically overwhelmed, emotionally exhausted, drained, (laughs) just have kind of reached my limit of burnout and my capability to deal with all these moving parts. And that's why I made the decision, I need to go home. As much as I love Spain, I know myself really well. And I know that what I need right now is some sort of comfortability, some sort of familiarity, some sort of predictability, something to look forward to and having the support of my family. And hopefully that will release a little bit of the financial stress and the money burdens that I've been dealing with. And I'm praying that I can go home for a month or however long, reset, recharge, rebalance and return to Europe feeling more like myself. And I don't know what that's going to look like. Or when or how or why but this is what I need in the meantime and I have to give it to myself and so that's why I'm returning home and saying goodbye to Spain for now and allowing myself to grieve my plan mm, the way that I thought things would be and accepting this other alternative path that I had not, I had not predicted, <laughs> and I, it's funny. We have this idea of our dreams or our goals or where we hope will be, and oftentimes life has a different plan for us. So we need to be flexible and move with it instead of against the grain and just fighting and struggling and making things harder for ourselves and releasing that false sense of control, but at the same time doing what's in our control. And there's a fine line, there's a a dance that we have to play with that to surrender, but realize that we're not powerless and trust that things will unfold in the right way at the right time. And so that brings me to my romantic life, my love life, always a hot topic of conversation for these podcasts, always what inspires my thoughts. So I'm feeling heartbroken right now. And it hurts to even talk about it because I had this feeling that I was going to meet someone really special when I came to Spain. I didn't know who or how or what it would look like, but I really thought that I would meet my person this year. And I got off to a really bad start because I hadn't dated in six months. I hadn't talked to anyone, slept with anyone, nothing. It was off all the apps. And then when I came to Spain, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, the Spanish men are probably the hottest in the world. The Spanish girls, too. I think Spain by far has the best looking people on earth. But I said, I want to put myself out there again and try. And so I did. And it was like one bad date after the next. And then I had met someone. His name was Adria or something like that. And I really liked him. But he turned out to kind of be a player and ghosted me. So that's okay. I've accepted being okay with being ghosted because I realize that no one owes us anything, no explanation, anything. If they want to give it, that's really thoughtful and considerate, but they don't have to. And people need to do what's best for them, not what's best for you. And I live by that all day. Like you do what's best for you. You take care of yourself. Don't worry about other people. You know, people live for themselves, not to make you happy. And that is perfectly acceptable. And so I had remained on the apps, but I really wasn't swiping. I had lost interest after that guy ghosted me because I liked him. And I thought, all right, maybe this is just a sign that I'm not ready yet. I'm I'm not ready. But I still hadn't slept with anyone. I was really proud of my celibacy going strong on seven or eight months that I was abstinent and feeling really empowered in that way. And then I started talking to someone and we connected so well emotionally. The emotional intimacy was probably the strongest that I'd had with anyone, maybe ever. Like I just felt like this guy got me. And we got to know each other really well before we even met, which I typically don't do. I typically don't talk to people online before I meet them or give them my number. But he was a Cancer and we had so many things in common, guys, like our values, our morals, our interests, our character, personality. It was essentially the same. I felt like I was talking to the guy version of me and it was weird. And it was also alarming because I know how I am. I know I'm super sensitive. I know my flaws and my weaknesses. And he seemed to know them too because it was a spitting image of myself. And I thought this could either be really good or really bad. (laughs) And so I met him and it wasn't immediate or anything like that. I wasn't mm, blown away by him. There wasn't any insane chemistry or physical attraction, but I liked him as a person before I met him. And I knew that even if I wasn't physically drawn to him in that way, that I was intellectually drawn to him and emotionally drawn to him. And so I liked him after our first date. I thought he was cute and he didn't speak any English, but that was okay because I'm learning Spanish and I know enough to get me by, and I was practicing with him, and after our first date, I was like, I would definitely see him again, I like him. And so we went out a second time, and then I liked him a lot, because he made me feel seen in a way that I don't remember ever feeling seen in my life, even though I'd had boyfriends for years, that I'd known much longer, I felt like there was just a deep connection with him on so many levels, not just based on one aspect or one factor. And we would talk all day, every day, and I felt so important. (laughs) I felt so special, which meant so much for me because my whole life, I've had this core wound of feeling insignificant and unwanted and he was consistent and he showed interest and he didn't push anything on me. He was respectful. He seemed like he really valued my time. And I thought about and considered the, the idea that I want to have sex with him. I want to. <laughs> I say I lose my virginity, but I want to pop my eight month cherry for this guy because I feel like he's worth it, and I want to get closer to him. And I thought for a split second that this could be the person that I was meant to meet. This could be someone I see myself getting into a relationship with. And he said he wanted kids and he wanted a wife and. To be exclusive with someone and i really appreciate that about him he was so sweet and cute and caring and he had all of my good qualities too because <laughs> we are so like the same and so i ended up sleeping with him <sighs> it was it guys the sex was so freaking good. Like, I'll never understand. I've had bad sex my whole life in America. The sex was so unrewarding, unfulfilling, unpleasurable. It was always one-sided, one way. But the men in Europe, my god, they have their downfalls and their faults, but they are insanely good in bed This guy was so freaking talented with his hands and his mouth and everything. And I, it took my feelings for him to the whole, to a whole nother level, obviously. I liked him so much. I really liked him a lot. And I, I was in an odd position at this point because then I was leaving for Madrid. And he was in Barcelona and things got a little complicated when I went out one day and I got brunch with a guy friend that I had couch surfed with. Not a friend, but someone I met on couch surfing. We went out for, for breakfast. There was no romantic intent or interest there. It was just strictly platonic. And Joel saw, oh, that's his name, by the way. Joel or Joel, I don't know how you say it. <laughs> um, he saw and things were not the same after that. He got really jealous and we got into an argument. And for me, one of my biggest fears is being in an abusive relationship again. And so I freaked out on him because I saw his jealousy as a warning sign of someone that's possessive. I saw his jealousy as a red flag of someone that is going to be controlling and abusive. And I basically told him off and he didn't like the way I reacted. And so long story short, he basically ghosted me and refuses to talk to me. And it's been two long weeks of torture because <laughs> i felt like he was different and now i feel so invisible and it's triggering all of my past wounds of feeling unlovable and not good enough and forgotten and abandoned and i realize My attachment style needs a lot of work. (laughs) And he was just a magnet to my trauma because he shares very similar traumas. We have not the same background, but a lot of things in common in that way. Our wounding really reflects each other's wounding, reflects one another's wounding. And it's like when he was super into me, I was more avoidant. And when he wasn't, I became more anxious. And so it's been really eye-opening because I haven't gotten that far in healing my relational wounds. When we're single and we're not dating, it's really easy to focus on ourselves and work on ourselves and all those things. But then when someone enters the picture, we allow another person in, it opens up a whole nother can of worms that we can't necessarily do that work while we're Just solely focusing on ourselves. It pushes us in different ways. And I feel really disappointed. I'm not going to lie because had I have known that only a week after we slept together that this huge fight would happen and it would end this way, I never would have slept with him. But part of me... I didn't know him well enough, but I, I felt really safe with him. And I think that's what hurts the most because I haven't trusted or felt safe with a guy in years, really. I don't know that I ever felt safe with a man besides maybe one of my exes for a very short period of time. (laughs) And so I'm really proud of myself for acknowledging the red flags and not ignoring that. But at the same time, I'm still human and I feel really hurt and frustrated and defeated and sad and all these things. And it's so complicated because I knew he had red flags like... Other things that seemed a little small, I don't want to say red flags, but just things that I want to be aware of, warning signs to possibly look out for and just keep my my blinders on. No, keep my antennas up or something like that, just to be aware of and not ignore, because I would always overlook these things in the past. And I'm really trying to break my patterns, my dynamics, my habits that have led me into dysfunction before. And so I want to encourage you to do the same. It's these little steps that we can take towards becoming our higher self, towards aligning with the person we want to become. But that's not to say it's going to feel good or be easy. And so... As much as I want to cling on to this guy and what could have been and what should have been and what I would have said or could have said or didn't get a chance to say, (laughs) instead of ruminating and being preoccupied on that, I just want to sit with my grief. And I just want to allow the pain to pass and to let people go that don't want to be kept. If someone doesn't want to stay in your life, you can't hold on to them. You can't force them to stay as much as it sucks. And goodbyes are essential in life. It's a part of life. Think of how many goodbyes you've said in your life, not just to people, but to things, to where you used to live, to your school, to friends, to old versions of yourself, to clothes, to everything. If you held on to all of that stuff, you would not have anything that you have now, hardly. And there's beauty in both hello and goodbyes. And I know one typically feels better than the other sometimes, but if you think of it every relationship you've ever been in with your exes, maybe they were toxic or maybe it was an unequal relationship or just not satisfying or happy. Imagine you never got out of that relationship and how different your life would be. I was thinking about it with my, my ex, Nick, that I was with for two years and I was so afraid to let him go because I thought he was the best that I could do and I thought I'd never find love again. And after we broke up, After I broke up with him for the last time, my life flourished. I became a new person. I traveled the world. I did all these things that I never would have gotten the opportunity to do have I had not broken up with Nick. And so many other things in my life too. And I want you to reflect on that. I know it's really scary to release things. Especially when we think that That's all there is. Or I can't say goodbye to this person because we're meant to be and they're my soulmate and all these things. But there's an analogy, there's a metaphor that when we chase things, they tend to run away from us. And when we accept them, we allow them to come to us, we allow ourselves to receive. And this is all part of life. It's all the seasons of life. It's necessary. But it's also necessary to grieve and to feel the hurt and the heartbreak and to not just chase after the next best thing. That's a huge issue with our generation is we numb and escape and distract ourselves by replacing one person with the next and we'll never heal in that way. Our wounds will just follow us into the next relationship, the next situation, the next scenario. Maybe it might look different, but the theme and the underlying, um, yeah, the underlying theme is, remains the same, remains unchanged. But I want you to celebrate your little wins where you do notice yourself improving. I mean, this guy, it didn't work out. And I've cried a lot about it and I'm going to continue to cry until I don't need to cry anymore. Um, But he's a lot closer to the person that I want. Maybe he's not the one, but he's a lot better than what I've had in the past. And as much as this was kind of like a test, it was also really expansive in showing me that I can find a guy that has the good qualities of someone that I want. But... It's not all or nothing. It's not black and white. It's not, you don't need to put all your eggs in one basket is what I'm saying. And also reminding myself. So celebrate the small wins, how you did things differently this time than you did last time, how you set a boundary sooner, anything. And feel the grief. It will not kill you. But I know Something that has helped me is asking myself, is this going to matter in a year? And ask yourself that question. Will this matter in a year? For me, the answer is no. And typically the answer is no. And that hopefully will bring you some ease and some relief that you've gotten through it in the past and you can and you will get through it again this time. So I want you to believe in yourself, have faith in the unseen and trust that something better something greater is coming and you're one step closer to receiving that which is meant for you when you say goodbye to that which no longer serves you. Let it all be lessons and we'll be okay. I I think we'll be okay. I know we'll be okay actually, <laughs> but that's really it for today. Um, A lot of discomforts coming up with me, and I wanted to use this to release it and get off my chest and hopefully validate you and let you know that you're not alone in whatever you were struggling with. So let's pray that this saved and recorded properly. (laughs) And I made a similar blog post about something like this. If you want to check out lmcolletti.com slash blog and you could also find me on Instagram at Lauren M. Coletti if you want to connect on there and let me know how this episode landed or resonated with you. Feel free to like, rate, subscribe, and share. I'm sending you so much love, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.